Alright, so I want to start this episode by teasing you. <gasps> I haven't been to my mailbox yet to get that. I am holding up the uh, the new Entertainment Weekly. It's got Brie Larson in all her glory as Captain Marvel. Uh, as we you know, both sit here with our phone covers. As we both sit here with our uh, heads swimming. Great anticipation. With, well, no, but as, I was going to say, as our, with our heads swimming with like art, artsy, you know, uh, highbrow, serious movies. Uh, you know, we're, we're already thinking well past this yeah, into, we're into what, March, yeah, yeah, we're into March already. <laughs> Welcome to wherever you are. My name is Ryan McNeil, Toronto, Canada. You're listening to part three of Wicked Little Town, the uh, audio postcards that I send out from TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival, the 43rd Toronto International Film Festival, happening right now until September 16th in my hometown of Toronto, Canada. Um, we are in the shadow of the Scotiabank Theatre. Uh, we are across the road in Thoroughbred Cafe. Um, Trying to eat something. That's, yeah. that's always that's the always uh, hard. It's always the challenge. Uh, and I'm with a dear friend uh, who and I realized the other day I met you just before Tiff News. It really yeah. hasn't been that long. But I guess it's not. Just before Tiff. Um, Hillary Butler is here writing on uh, liverfilms.com. How are you? Exhausted. <laughs> I think I think I just finished yeah. film twenty six. Wow. Which I know isn't up to the standards of some of our other like filmy type friends. Right. But there's a lot for me. It's broken my record anyways. I think some of our other filmy type friends, I'm pretty sure they're not covering. Yes. Because if you're gonna do coverage, that's when you gotta come away and file stories, right? And there, there's a couple of films that I honestly bought tickets to that are just for me. Right. right. Um, but no, you're like you're right. Our filmy friends are some that do 40, 50 kind of thing. Like and, it's and a badge just, of honor. It is. I mean, <laughs> it's it's cool. I, I wish I could do that. If I if I wasn't writing, I'm sure I could. But um, 40 or 50. Um, how has your week been? It's been good. As always, perpetually dehydrated and hungry. <laughs> trying to survive on carbs. Right. My body doesn't know what vegetables are anymore. No, but no. Uh, This is sounding familiar. I think, I think I've had the same conversation yeah. to lead off to all three dispatches yeah, exactly. so far. Um, but yeah, so, overall... Have you, have you come down with a case of scurvy yet? No. Okay. No. Good. Try and have my OJ before I leave in the morning. Good idea. Um, but yeah, it's been good. I mean, my coverage is not completely but me focused on women in film as I know you do 100% like mm-hmm. that but um, and I I haven't seen too many like duds that's good which is good I wish I could I say I've seen a few one. I've seen one no, I've seen one or two um, I don't you know we, we talked about one off the top like before we started rolling that I mentioned already on the first audio podcast um, there was another one uh, after that what I don't which I don't really want to call out specifically and it wasn't even really bad it was just it's so artsy and so dense and I'm not entirely sure what it's trying to say it was handsome as can be but at the same time it's not it's not even like a very big glossy studio picture so I don't want to even even on this moment right now I don't want to shred it you know it's it's a film I'm happy that it tried to do something um, I'm I'd be sadder if I saw something like um, 
you know, I know you've seen the stars book, yeah. for instance. So I would have been bummed if I had to come away from something that had a lot of money put into it and a lot of prestige and a lot of push, and that was a clunker. That's the kind of thing that I would like warn people stay away. No, it's, and it's not. It's not. But I mean, something of that size yeah. and that scale. I, I'd rather that than picking on something like the the, the Japanese movie that I saw that was really not executed very well. Um, but you but you've only seen one or two uh, bad ones so far. You've been having like you've been having good luck. I've been having good luck. As I said, nothing was bad. I've That's seen good. some mediocre. Okay. But I mean, they can't all be a star is born or widows. Right. Right. <laughs> sure, still like two of my favorites. Um, and unlike most of my other guests so far, you've actually seen a lot of the bigger films too. Like uh, we were talking about with the first man already. Yeah. And we saw uh, you know we already alluded to a star is born. Yeah. Do you try to strike a balance with the studio pictures and the smaller pictures? I do. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, when you're writing for a website, you get often more clicks from, you know, covering some of the bigger films yeah. because people want to know is a star is born really living up to its hype? Yeah. Same with First Man, that sort of thing. But I've also covered you know, an Israeli film, Working Woman, who I interviewed the director for. Um, I got that on Saturday. Yeah. Um, I, I quite liked it. Good. Um, Phoenix, like those sorts of films I, I like to see because I may not see them yeah, again. In the Although Working Women did just get picked up from okay. North American. Um, it's funny because I mean, the one real temptation I had to back off the entire female slate was Roma because I really love Alfonso Cuarón and I know this may be my only chance to see it in the theater. In a theater, yeah. You know, so we'll see. I'm, I'm probably going to pay for that and I'm probably going to end up like, well, I'm going to pay for that theoretically, not literally, because yes. it's going to be free at home <laughs> in two weeks. Um, but you mentioned, um, so, it's, so it's good to hear that you're having a good week and that you're striking the balance. I mean, it's also fun for us, right? Like we, we, we've got this is, we, we, neither one of us gets a whole lot of money, if any money, out of the writing, so it's our vacation. This is my vacation yeah. from my day job, yes. Yes, exactly. So it's, it's you gotta, you can't have it all about... Some things you just want to see for fun. Yes. Like, you know, I, I went and saw Driven the other night. That was purely fun for me. I didn't write any notes during it, and it felt great not to write any notes. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary has uh, ordered some, uh, some num-nums. What is this? Yeah, well, I see green things. It's a broccoli falafel. A broccoli falafel. I don't know. All right. It's a, it's a broccoli, so I said that could be good. But I mean, you're kind of losing me at broccoli, if I'm being honest. It still looks good. But it doesn't look like broccoli. No, I know. It's like it's like rolled in this like sesame paste. Um, I'm sure this is making for captivating listening, by the way. However, okay, so you mentioned... Um, I'll start... By, by talking because you actually mentioned a film that I've been wanting to talk about all week and uh, you mentioned Phoenix which is a Swedish film directed by Camilla Strom Henriksen um, it's about a family a single mom with two kids um, the mom is working through addiction and she's a um, she's an artist she was a visual artist uh, she can create a lot of things with textiles and it's the kind of um, family where the kids are basically raising themselves. The daughter is, four, is turning 14 and, uh, in, the, in the course of the movie. She's the one who's 
fixing the food, making sure the, the brother's dressed for school. She's the one looking after her mom, and she knows the score. Like she's not a kind of kid who's in denial. She can count pills out of a push pack and tell that her mom is is using. Um, and it's the the story of the movie is about her all of a sudden getting a chance at pulling herself out of this funk of moving forward and providing for her family and maybe being able to shake some of these demons. And I'm loath to give much away beyond that because what follows is so affecting, is so yep. deeply, deeply affecting beyond just um, that core story of three. We get the father into the fray at one point mm -hmm. and it provides this amazing counterpoint to this dark, dingy, capital R romantic imagery that we see, which is to say like dark shadows and like splashes of highlights. She goes to a world that's kind of clean and orderly as her, yes, and her yeah. mother calls her that yeah. earlier in the film actually. Yes. Um, this for me still, we're, we're now in today, uh, we're, we're recording this, we're recording this on Thursday, it's day, it's day nine, we're recording this on Thursday night, it's day nine of the fest, we've got two days to go. Three days to go, I'm sorry. Uh, or maybe it's only day... Maybe it's day eight, I'm sorry. Day sure. eight. Just make up a number. Um, yeah, just start picking numbers. <laughs> um, it's my favorite of the, of the fest. Really? So far, yes. It's, it hit me the hardest. I wouldn't call it my favorite. It... Without getting into specifics, it close to home for me. But I would like to say that the uh, girl whose name I don't know, the actress, yeah. is stunning. Yes. Like just stunning. Stunning in her in her performance. Yeah. Not like I mean, you know, it's she's she's a new actress. I think that the actor the, the director said she hadn't really done a whole lot of work. She is fourteen years old. Um, oh, someone who's actually the ace. They're supposed to be playing. Crazy, right? Um, she she is so effective yeah. in this in this role, and, and I love like her protectiveness of the little brother. Like, yeah, you know that's that's her everything. Yes, you know, her little brother, her, her world, and she wants to keep him so innocent. Yeah, she's not. Yeah, anymore. yeah. She a lot of this movie she spends. You can see the wheels turning in her head. Like it's very quiet. There's, there's nobody yells, nobody screams. It's um, but but yet like there's so much going on with this family and just in how she moves about you can see how smart she is you can see how how all of this has really um, deadened some of her nerve centers that she now has to close parts of her off just to cope and that changes everything about her and probably will shape her going forward like it's it's kind of hopeful in some ways but in other ways it's just really really um, worrisome about what What's in store for these kids? Yeah, I don't even really know. No, no, it ends. It ends with something very much unsettled. Yeah. Um, and and it's it was it's that is the kind of movie that I love to see. It's Swedish. It's very you know hard hitting in that Swedish kind of way. Um, and, and it's been the one I've been talking about all week. Yeah. Well, deservedly so. I think, again, without giving a lot away, some of the fantastical elements of this movie didn't, oh, yeah. didn't always work for me. Really? Because there almost wasn't enough of them to make it a device. Okay, okay, I get that. 
they kind of remind me of Enemy in that way. Like Enemy with those spiders, you know? <laughs> You're kidding. Sorry, I'm sorry. Um, but it's funny that you mentioned that because in the background of this movie at one point, on, on a TV, we can see that she's watching Pan's Labyrinth. And it doesn't go that far with it. It doesn't go full-on fantasy, but there are these swirls of weirdness, which I do love. It's like how, you know, that demon is always there and who can see it and when they can see it and when it shows up. I, I, I went with it. But you did. I want to say something, but I'm not going to. All right, all right, that's fine, that's fine. Um, what's, uh, what stuck out for you this week that, that you want to talk about? Widows I love. Uh, we haven't talked about Widows yet, so tell people about Widows. Um... So Widows was written by, and there seems to be some debate as to whether her name is pronounced Gillian or Gillian Flynn. All oh, right, I think it is Gillian Flynn. I think it's Gillian Flynn. Gone Girl, Sharp Objects. Right. So screenplay by her, which is why I can very cheaply include it into my women. Ah, uh, you know, count count it, yeah. Um, Steve McQueen, still one of the coolest shots I've seen in a film all year. In this movie, it takes place an attracting shot. On a car. Okay. He's good at those. see the actors. Oh, wow. It's all what you hear, not what you see. Oh, and as they're traveling, the demographic of the uh, neighborhoods change. Okay. Through this maybe three minute tracking shot conversation, which is quite effective in wow. what it's trying to okay. tell. Okay. But, I mean, you've got this really strong cast of four women who, yeah, all of them are amazing. I only know Viola Davis. Davis. Who else is in You're going to ask me names that I don't know. <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez. Elizabeth, last name starts with a D, but I don't, Debrecki. Oh, Debrecki. Oh, I yeah. like her. Um, she's in it as well. Um, and I apologize for forgetting the other one's name. It's Cynthia, last name starts with a D. No. No idea. Um, she's not running for office. Okay. <laughs> but she is tough as nails, and a lot of these women have to be in, and they are. Okay. Um, but, I mean, the first 20 minutes, there's a lot to take in. There's a lot of short, snippy sequences that kind of set up the area and all of the bad backdoor politics of the neighborhood that they're in. Okay. Um, but if you can pay attention closely to all of that, the rest unravels in a really cool way. Okay. Um, there's also a lot of subtext here. You've got a lot of black on white imagery and black on white racial tensions happening. Uh, I mean, I loved the way that they did a lot of the, uh, I guess, costuming and stuff for Viola Davis, who's dressed in white mostly at the beginning of the movie and black later on. Oh, oh. Things go on. Oh, I can't wait. Um, Steve McQueen in case people... And the dog is okay. I just have to say that. <laughs> Hillary the vet, of course. Uh, you, are, are you, um, are you tuned into Does the Dog Die? So it's funny because I just tweeted today, I was doing well with the dog thing. Right. I think three out of four dogs and movies made it. Okay. And I then you lost endings, one. And then I saw High life, and that totally skewed the dog thing. The movie, the movie I wasn't crazy about that I mentioned off the top of the show that I didn't want to name by name. It was a dog. Yeah, and it's this beautiful like Japanese husky too. I'm like, why? Why did we do? They lost this? a dog in. in 
one of the first movies I saw. Oh man, that's Although a rough. It's pretty, it's pretty obvious it's gonna happen, but I still won't. That's a rough start for you. Um, yeah, but you know what? That movie was kind of fun, so I was okay, I right. was okay with it. it. Was kind of an off-screen death. Um, was Widows a public screening? Uh, no. Oh, okay. And so you're doing both. Like, do you are you finding that you're kind of getting more acclimatized to the to the P and I screenings as opposed to doing the public ones? I like, love do going the, to public screenings. Okay. Just because I love to see the audience reaction from people who are oh, that's true. Actually, film-loving public. Right. P and I's people like to pull out their phones. They're leaving partway through, and you don't know whether they're leaving partway through because they don't like it, right? Or because they have to get go to somewhere. An interview or get somewhere. Or have you ever whatever. seen a comedy in a P and I? Yeah, does it work? Yesterday. Does it work? Okay, but I mean, oh yeah, okay. I'm seeing that. I'm actually seeing that in like two hours. So don't. Yeah. Because you get to see. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. Oh my god, it was it was very it was very good. It borrows a lot from Woody Allen in a good way. Okay. You know. Yeah, we we talked about it last night. We were saying how it's like. It's, it's very much like a Noah Baumbach type movie. It's the kind of movie, what I was told was, it's the kind of movie that white people make all the time. Um, and, and so, okay, so I'm looking forward to that. But, so, back to public versus press screenings. Um, it's, it's, it's a balance. Like, I've never actually done a press screening, and that's why I asked, like, does a comedy work? Because I can't imagine a room of usually jaded, smaller groups would actually buy into a comedy. It, it did yesterday. Okay. They were laughing? I think is a testament to the weekend. Good. The fact that it works. Good. Okay. Um, it's especially funny at the beginning. Okay. But yeah, it's it's tough. Like I look, one of the first movies I saw was Greta, which is um, so uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. Oh yeah, Isabel Huppert plays uh, psychopath. As she tends to do. Female-ish throwback to the '90s thriller. Okay. Um, probably could have belonged to Midnight Madness. Truth be told, kind of okay. crazy and bizarre. Yeah. And I loved it. And I think I loved it, not because it's an awesome movie. Okay. But more because the audience was so excited about it. They were clapping, screaming, uh, yeah, when yeah. things were happening. Yeah. And that's, in a P&I, I'm not getting that. It never happens, no. You know? So no. that's a really good example of why going to a public screening could be much better just to get into that. Yeah, yeah, that's true, too. And I mean, that, and that could be well, that can affect your coverage too, right? Like you could be saying this is a comedy, like this is a a, a feel good movie that nobody seems to feel good, but meanwhile, it's just because you're in a room of people who didn't want to feel good. Um, I saw the actually the first movie I saw this week, which I haven't actually spoke about on mic yet, is uh, Rafiki from from uh, Kenya. You're not seeing that one at all. It's uh, it's another one that stayed with me all week. I started the week great. Like two of my first three movies were just bangers, and then it's kind of been up and down. Like that was your first. Oh wow! Oh man. Bar was set too high. Um, <laughs> Rafiki is a Kenyan story about um, there's two political rivals who are going up for uh, elective office in Nairobi, and their daughters fall for each other. Um, now, this is Kenya, where queer rights are, let us say, not advanced, um, where attitudes towards uh, queer people are very, very bad, and that is, like, that, that is under everything already, and you can already tell, right? Like, there's a, 
early on there's a scene where uh, the the main character tends to run with the boys um, and two of the guys are sitting and they see a gay guy pass through their orbit and they start calling him names so you can tell this is the kind of culture that she's in um, and yet in the very next scene she first sees the daughter of her father's political rival and in that one scene you can just see the connection in their eyes it's a, it's, a, it's like oh yeah you guys are you guys are into it okay yeah yeah this is this is this is happening now um, it's beautiful it's such a beautiful movie um, they have a genuine connection you can feel the love between them um, that is a real challenge for them both in terms of the society that they're in and their specific situation um, it's all it's all very emotional because because the film came out of the Kenyan uh, film system it has to be kind of chased it's all very sweet and very sensual but as far as an actual love story in 2018 goes it's not at all explicit like I mean I'm pretty sure there's no nudity there's no actual sex but like there's some very hot scenes um, it's really it's, it's a gorgeous movie and I was so happy that it was the first one I saw and that the director was there to introduce it and say that it's actually been um, censored right now in Kenya well wait not for its homosexual undertones, oh, undertones. Not for its homosexual story. Not for its um, physical affection, but for being too hopeful. They've actually said this story is too hopeful. You need to change it, so she can't show it in her home country. Yeah, the, yeah. The director. I know when we're when we're when we're coming, she can't show it in her home country. So she's like, I'm really happy that all of you have seen it. She directed a really gorgeous short sci-fi a few years ago called Poomsie, which, I mean, anything this woman does from now on, I'm seeing this. She's amazingly talented. Uh, and, it, and it's just, it didn't make your slate, I guess. We, we can't see it all. Scheduling. Yeah, yeah. It's not for lack of interest or lack of desire. Um, no, so if, if people get a chance to see Rafiki, I imagine it's going to make the round somehow. Um, uh, uh, Tip Next Wave mentioned it as one of their choice, and they tend to have a festival later on at the Lightbox, so if you're in the Toronto area and maybe look at the Lightbox later on in the year, you can check it out there. Um, something else this week stuck out for you in, in any way, shape, or form? Um, a Star is Born was very good, but everybody knows that already, so yes. we talk about it. Okay. I saw a movie last night, so again, I kind of say this in my review, which I was haphazardly writing as you came in, is that, you know, last year, when you get later in the festival, there's not as many kind of like, premieres, that no. sort of thing. But last year, I found a little gem called The Wife, which now is garnering like, a lot of Oscar okay. That, I think, premiered on a Wednesday or Night, like the festival, like last week, no one really batted an eye about it right. until now, right. which is kind of cool. I feel like I was ahead of the curve. <laughs> but I saw a movie last night called What They Had. Okay, what's that about? Um, basically, um, the life standard uh, plays an elderly woman who's basically in uh, the stage six dementia. Okay. Um, and it's about how family. Played by Hilary Swank, 
Michael Shannon have to kind of make decisions about the future. Um, and it was just it was very well written. Great first time director, Elizabeth Tomko, um, who I think also wrote it. Um, and it was just a really well done family. Huh. Uh, Michael Shannon got to play someone who wasn't crazy. Oh, wow, that's big for him. To be a little comedic, okay. which you don't see a lot. Which is, but I mean, and he can do it well too. Yeah. Right? He's a funny dude. Yeah. Oh, uh, the Q and A afterwards. Yeah. He was hilarious. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Um, but this movie, I think it's coming out in October. Okay. It's one of those little kind of sleepers that I think will speak to a lot of people because it's something that you know a lot of people deal with. Right. So, right. Oh man. That's... You know, when's put you know your mother into a home or what? You know, any of those sorts of medical things. It's just the family dynamic is very well done. Nice. Well, I have to, I'll have to keep my eyes open. For that, and you said that's out in October. I think so. Okay, I'm gonna keep my eyes open for that. It's it's a weird it's a we weird autumn. Sundance, I think as well. Okay. Earlier this year, okay. and the the screenplay won an award. Don't ask me which one, but right. it is an award-winning screenplay. Okay. So I'll look for it. Yeah. Um. So Tiff, I've been I've been ending these audio postcards with uh, this a similar point, which is to say that Tiff in 2018 has. Uh, dedicated the festival and the year at large as well leading into it and hopefully now leading out of it to this mantra of share her journey and all about um, women's stories women's storytellers um, all things that are not uh, the white male perspective as most of film history has been Um, has have you seen uh, evidence of that in in your festival this year. Have, have you seen either like a movie or a, or a direction or writing or a performance or something in a Q and A which has personified this movement for Tiff of uh, share her journey? Um, well, I will say this: even even the films I saw that were directed by men all had all were female centric stories. Okay. Um, Colette is a good example of that. Fox Lux is another example of that. Um, you know, people seem to be widows, obviously. Yeah, widows, female screen, screenwriter for that one. But people do seem to be dedicated to telling some of these stories. I mean, Colette was a good example. Of, I, mean, I think they've been working on that film for like over a decade. Right. All of a sudden, everything kind of fell into place where they're like, oh, this is an interesting story. And it very much is, couldn't have been a better time for them to release a story like that. Um, I've seen quite a lot more women critics here at the PNI screenings. My first screening notwithstanding, where I was probably outnumbered about eight to one, male to female. It was that shot in Silence of the Lambs it was, where she's in the elevator? Yeah, it was, it was wildlife uh, called Daniel's film, and gotcha. it was literally all, all white dudes, guys. Right. <laughs> Great. But I will say that. So I, I interviewed three uh, 
women directors Ooh. during this festival. So, uh, Claire Edmondson, you know, we did a short film called Exit, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and when I met, ran into Maria Bella this week, actually, and she was saying how Claire's is going to just take off. I hope so. Yeah. I really do. Um, both Hillary and I saw this short film called Exit with Maria Bello, who basically tries to live a perfect day for reasons that are um, being, reasons that aren't entirely clear. And it's the thing I, I love at the beginning of this film is she says adults should play more. Like she, she's jumping on a trampoline. She's a woman, um, like she's probably 50 now, I think, uh, Maria Bello. Uh, maybe even older. But she's jumping on a trampoline out in the middle of Joshua Tree Park, right? Like her house is, is on the back of the desert. And Claire Edmondson just directed this short, put it out there into the world, it's playing as part of one of the shorts programs, and it's stunning. And it's one of these things where I'm hoping that I was able to see the short, kind of like with Rafiki, where I saw the short before I saw the feature, and we're, we're talking about Claire Edmondson, like two or three tips from now. Um, but you were talking to Bello about Edmondson? Yeah, well, I just, well, for, like, about like 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she was coming out the back of the elk, and as I was, like, leaving, and yeah. I just had to tell her how much I loved her in the short film. She yeah. was so excited that I'd seen it. Yeah, so Claire's, Claire's going to be huge. Yeah. I think she will. Yeah. So you're, sorry. And so then I spoke to Annabelle Jankel, who did Tell It to the Queen. Uh, and then uh, Israeli director, Mikhail uh, Abiyad, who does a lot of documentaries. This is only her second fiction piece. She did Working Women? Okay. Working Women, not Women. Yeah, but she is very dedicated to putting out kind of very political feminist uh, pictures uh, and all of them have been very vocal about the fact that like, they're super happy that you know, Me Too, Time's Up and everything but um, uh, specifically I already said still not enough no you know, no. it's not until, as she put it, chambermaids and secretaries and all the rest of them can have the same friends, you know, that this industry is starting to develop. That's when things will be different. So she, she was very powerful in speak to all of her filmography, all has to be from a woman's perspective. Huh. Okay. I mean, and, and that's that's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to um, throw my attention and hear from and discuss uh, voices that are a little bit different than the ones I've done in the past. Like that's that's been the most rewarding thing about my approach to TIFF is if I were to do this TIFF the way I did the first, this is my 17th TIFF festival. If I were to do this the same way I did the first 14, I would think to myself, well, um, Olivier Sayas has a movie. I'm going to go see it. Barry Jenkins has a movie. I'm going to go see it. You, 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 like these kinds of... I know. Errol Morris has a movie. I'm going to go see it. You know, I go on brand recognition because I'm not going on brand... Well, first, here's the funny thing. Because I'm not going on brand recognition, I'm I'm hearing new voices. Like, I wouldn't have gone to see... I wouldn't have gone to see Phoenix. There's no way that would have made my cut, for starters. And, and not only that, but because now this is the third lap of this, I'm actually trying to branch out and hear from different voices. So Stella Maggie with the with the weekend, I actually hesitated for a minute because I'm like, I love Gina the Joneses. I absolutely adored that movie. But I want to hear from others. 
and I feel like that's going to come out. So like that was the thing. I was actually hesitant on that. I was like, I, I had my time with Stella Maggie two tips ago. Well, Maybe I should, you know. I'm glad you'll see it. I think. Yeah. You know, she's she's hometown talent, man. I know. So you're so what you're saying is like you're seeing evidence of this in the conversations you're having with the storytellers. Yeah. Okay. I think they're hopeful. I mean, I I, I want to say we all are, and it's we've been. It's so momentum, right? It is. So, I mean, it's you know, and I think the nice thing about this is this all kind of started about a year ago, and we're at least seeing momentum continuing to here. Yeah. And they had the big rally. Yeah. Rally, yeah. Which, by the way, is what Mark Ballet was at because he was standing like 20 feet away right. from me, right. watching me as I took a cheeky photo of him. <laughs> However, you know, there's there's a lot of people that are dedicated to that. Not, not just women in the industry, but also men in the industry who, you know, yes, maybe have been silent about some things, but are willing to, are wanting to make that change. So. Well, um, you know, it's kind of it's it's actually been the ending note of most of that most of the times I've asked that question is the hope that it's not just the token moment that it's the beginning of something that we can all say we were kind of here for, um, which I know I'm an optimist, but I, I really want it to, to be that. Um, but that's about it for this uh, postcard from Tiff um, Hillary Butler. Thank you so much for taking time out from. Uh, your your dinner and you're you're going to rest for the first night all week. I know. Oh, sorry. And maybe watch Killing Eve. Oh, I'm still behind. I'm on like episode <laughs> four or five. I, I got to finish that. Uh, but tell people where they can find your work because you got a lot of it going up this week. Yeah. So uh, liverfilm.com, or if you want to follow me on Twitter, because it all gets posted there. It's at pet.kill. And there will be links for that uh, all in the show notes of the show. Um, Tiff, of course, is continuing through Sunday. Uh, this is going up on Friday morning, so you've got a whole weekend if you're in town to uh, to enjoy. If you're close by, come on in. The weekend is the be- the last weekend is the best part because all of the international people are gone. You're just with the locals. Lots of tickets to be had, lots of shows to be seen. Your stargazing is going to take a really big hit. I can promise you that. But the movies and the passion is still there. Um, you can find everything at tip.net. Um, my work continues at matme.ca slash tip. Uh, there will be at least one more audio dispatch before we go. So please look forward to that before it's all done. Um, I'm trying to write about as much as I can. Uh, and I'm... I'm yeah, I saw we all. And I'm so encouraged by what I'm seeing. So um, please join me along for that. But for now, uh, for day... We're not sure. Day 8 or day 9. It's Thursday right now. Let's just say that. It's Thursday. September 13th. Um, for Hillary Butler, I'm Ryan McNeil. We'll see you at the matinee. I'm at Tim. Oh, 